into game two so um yeah this game was a little bit closer than game one the heat didn't allow themselves to get bent over and destroyed like in game one sorry if i'm being a little graphic there with that description but um yeah um they definitely played better offensively. Defensively is where they struggled. And you saw it with their zone. Their zone defense wasn't as strong as it is with Bam in the lineup. And, you know, I mean, Miami just doesn't have anyone else to really suffice for that kind of rim protection. A lot of Kelly Olenek tonight, I noticed. He helped them a lot in the third quarter, which was um, key to um, Miami keeping is very close. So there's that to consider. Um, Duncan Robinson, he has just not been able to get into the flow. He's he's looked like Steve Novak against the Heat in 2012, those playoffs, where, like, the defense is just all over him. They know where he's at at all times on the court, and they're just trying to get him to not be open and not hit a three because they know if he just gets a couple of those going, then you know for for sure that he's going to be – he's going to get hot. Duncan Robinson was also getting picked on defensively, and at one point Spolster just had to take him out the game because it just wasn't doing him any justice because – both sides of the ball, he's being ineffective. And at this point, when you're so short-handed, you need as much hands on deck on both sides. And when you have someone out there that's not providing anything on both sides, then that's that's just the way it rolls. And we saw how that was with um with Duncan Robinson. But um yeah, the Lakers defense was doing a good job on him and and Tyler Hero for early parts of this game. Of, of of not allowing them to get easy looks like the way they did in the Boston series. I feel like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson were able to get off a little bit more easily because the, the defense was kind of zeroed in on um, Bam, Jimmy, and Goron. But they also knew about Duncan Robinson. He was still able to still get his points. I also feel like um, because Bam and Dragic are not there, it's way easier for the Heat defense to to zone in on on Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero because it's just Jimmy Butler out there. And once you kind of you could let Jimmy get his points, but if you just keep out if you keep out the other two best players allegedly that were on the floor, then you kind of um 
you kind of get you kind of get what you had going on today um what i noticed also especially in the first half i think it was like 27 three point attempts by the lakers and that's just a that's just a product of um the uh, the Miami Heat zone they they kind of kept Miami they kind of kept the Lakers out of the paint and allowed for the Lakers to just bomb away from 3 they didn't hit as many as they were in game in game 1 it was yeah game 1 so you you kind of knew that the Miami Heat would go I mean the Lakers would get go back down to earth from 3 especially Danny Green and KCP they combined for Oof, that is rough. Let me see. Three, four. They were three, four, 21 from three-point range. So not 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 a great night shooting for the Lakers from three. 16 for, 16 for 47 overall in the night. So there's that. Dwight kind of set the tone early on with some easy offensive... Um, he just kind of set the tone for like getting whatever the the um Lakers want in the paint when they get there because there's no Bam and Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk as much as as hard as they can try as hard as they can try then it it, it really doesn't matter when the Lakers have who they have on their side with AD and Dwight dominating down low so there's that also with um with Davis, just monster night. At one point, he was shooting like 14 for 15 from the field. And it was just, it was just something to see. I mean, there was no one that they could put on him that looked like they could do anything to even bother him. He finished the night 15 for 20, 32 points, 14 boards. Really got it going, especially in the third quarter. Just getting like a lot of um, mid post shots and um, getting a lot of baskets from the dunker spot. Because once the Lakers, especially Braun and Rondo, got into the middle of the zone, they were able to find AD rolling to the basket on the coming from the weak side. So that set up a lot of Anthony Davis's points. But he really got going in the third quarter. I think it was like eleven to thirteen points in the third quarter. So he really made his mark there, and they kind of. That's where the, the Lakers kind of like sustained their lead when Miami was still pushing back. Um Yeah, and that's also what led to like the free throw disparity we also saw between the two teams, as we saw how um the Lakers didn't shoot as much free throws as Miami did because Miami was able to be more aggressive with their drives due to the defense that the Lakers was playing. But um yeah, I'm hoping that at least Bam is able to play in game two because I feel like I'm mean, game three. I mean, because I feel like if he's able to at least give it a go, then you kind of avoid some of the problems defensively that the Heat faced in this matchup. But, you know, he's not going to be 100 percent. I'm just hoping for a competitive series. I was. Honestly, I was like falling asleep during like the first quarter because these finals have been kind of boring. And as someone who enjoyed the Warriors, that 2018 finals was the last finals I found boring as well. 
So there's that. Um, but yeah, I am, I'm looking more forward to the beginning of next season and just the off season in general, as opposed to finding out who wins this finals. I mean, we, we all kind of know that it's going to be the Lakers. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the off season, see what moves going to be made. We see a lot of coaching decisions being decided on and made right now and it's going to be interesting to see how those decisions shape how teams are going to look especially after this offseason which i predict is going to be a really wild one but um yeah the lakers um lakers did a good job um dicing up that zone especially guys like braun and rondo you know guys with very high basketball iq very smart basketball players. Um, they see plays before they develop, before they actually happen on the court. So you know, when they when they um when they when they get into the middle of that zone, they're able to see where the weak spot or where the open man is, and that's how they found AD a, a couple of times, and that's how they got some of their baskets. So there's that. Mm, I mean, yeah, I'm just hoping for a competitive series. I I originally had Lakers in six, but it's looking like it's going to be Lakers in four, especially if Bam and Dragic are not going to be 100%, even if they are able to play. And I just thought that Lake, that Miami, like they would get at least two games just based off like their grit because we know that the Lakers – star power kind of overpowers what Miami has going on. I saw someone on the timeline saying this kind of gives off Shaq versus Shaq and Kobe versus um the Nets and O2 vibes and I I definitely I definitely I definitely get those those vibes from this series because I just don't see how anyone stops AD in this series similar to how the Nets had no one that could really stop Shaq. Um, and Braun has it going, shooting well, play decision making very well, playing playmaking very well. Um, back to some more Finals MVP talk. I know a lot of people they want um AD to get it, and I feel like he makes a very strong case, especially very dominant first two games is about averaging like 33, 32 points, 33. I'd say about 33 points. Yeah. 33 points. He's averaging through the first two games. So, you know, when you, when you're averaging those type of points in the finals and it's your first finals narrative can be on your side when it comes to the voters, but you know, how all of the voters also feel about LeBron and him being in year 17 and them doing this for Kobe which they constantly remind us about. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, I feel like it's not a foregone conclusion that it's going to be AD getting finals MVP. It would be dope for him to get it in his first go around in the finals. But there's an argument to be made for LeBron as well with the way he's playing and how he's setting up his teammates and whatnot. So there is that. 
But I definitely get, have to give my props to Miami for not going out the way they did in game one because game one was they started to make somewhat of a run in the fourth quarter, but that was more on the Lakers for like giving, not giving up, but like getting too complicit, complacent, I mean, and too comfortable with the lead. And they kind of let Miami get some points that they probably wouldn't have if the Lakers were a little more locked in. But you can only, as a basketball fan, even if you are probably a Lakers fan, actually, if you're a Lakers fan, you probably just want the series to be over with, honestly. And probably also if you're a basketball fan. But, I mean, it's the finals, and you kind of want some sort of competitiveness because it's the finals. Like, who doesn't want it to be competitive? Like, I mean, when Golden State was, like, dominating or whatever, 2017, 2017 was probably a little bit closer, like, score-wise maybe, and team-wise too. 2018 was, like, straight domination. So there's that. Um, But, yeah, um, 2015 was also sort of competitive as well. So, I mean, you you kind of want the finals to be somewhat competitive. Anytime it ends in a sweep, it's never never that fun. Like I said before, 2018, as someone who who I I really – I really like the Warriors and Steph is my guy. But 2018 was just not an enjoyable finals for me to watch at all. And I'm not enjoying watching this one either. Um, I don't know what Miami does differently in game, game two. I mean, game three. I expect Bam to probably be ready to play. Maybe Goran. But um, Duncan Robinson, he's like looking very unplayable, like I said before. And it's just... It's funny because... I don't know if it was earlier today or yesterday, but there was a quote, I think, released by, like, a reporter who said, like, scouts believe that they should look at more Duncan Robinson types, especially after this playoff run. And I was thinking to myself, are we sure we want to be looking at Duncan Robinson types? Because Duncan Robinson is great as a shooter, but, like, what else does he do really well that won't get him played off the court in the finals or in high stakes moments in general? And we kind of saw the result of that today. Um. Also, the Mamba jerseys. Lakers are undefeated in the Mamba jerseys in the playoffs. And I, I, I tweeted this before the game when I saw... I tweeted this... When I found out that game two was going to have the Mamba jerseys, I was like, game two, that's already a win for the Lakers. And I tweeted it again yesterday. Game two, Mamba jerseys, it's wraps. I tweeted it again before the game. Mamba jerseys, it's over. Miami can think about not even winning this game. And the fact that Bam and Dragic were out just added on more to the fact. I was surprised to see how Miami kept it sort of close in the third and fourth quarters and credit to them for doing that. But they were just only trying to 
escape the inevitable at that point, honestly. And the Lakers are inevitable, it seems, in this series. <clears throat> um, coach, um, not even coaching news, but um, off of game two, going into um, yeah, let's talk about Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers got the Sixers job. I think I called it last episode when I said that Doc Rivers was watching the game with the Sixers. I was like, dude's dude's not watching the game with the Sixers and not getting the job. Like, so he took that job from uh, from Mike D'Antoni. I don't know where Mike D'Antoni goes next. Um, Ty Lue will be interviewing for New Orleans job, the Clippers job, and Houston's job. I would say maybe he stays with the Clippers because he's more familiar with the team, the roster, the players, everyone. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if Doc is really the right coach for the Sixers, um, but we'll see. It's a matter of time. We'll see what the what what the Sixers do with their roster. Heard some very confusing. I saw some very confusing comments about what ownership wanted, who ownership wanted as the coach, who Elton Brand wanted as the coach. Weird things are going on in Philly. Um. Oladipo apparently wants out of Indiana or not. He says, I'm a Pacer, but we know what happens the last time a Pacer star said, I'm a Pacer. They were no longer a Pacer. So look out for Oladipo to be on the trade block this offseason, along with Miles Turner. Um, Won't get into Kyrie's comments. I feel like it's not warranted to really talk about it that much. I kind of spoke about it on the timeline a bit and if you want to see that follow me at fbl underscore sam so you can see what i said about Kyrie there i don't want to really repeat myself too much um speaking of lebron and the finals i think it's i think it's warranted that we have little discourse, a little discussion about media coverage of LeBron and and just talk about like stands in me in the media, which is very odd. And um, by stands I mean guys like Nick Wright, Shannon Sharp, like guys that ha- like you know they're like diehardedly rooting for a guy. And I mean there's no there's no there's nothing wrong with rooting for dudes to be successful but when it gets to like these weird levels like what nick wright had to say about kyrie irving it's like you're taking it to a whole nother level that it doesn't need to go to and it's just so weird and it's like why do we have to villainize anyone that is not lebron james like anyone that seems to be like a threat to lebron in any sort of way or anyone that has anything to say that doesn't agree with him, it's like you're immediately cast to be the villain in the NBA. And I've said this on multiple occasions on Twitter. Guys like Steph, Katie, Kyrie, you name it, any one of them, they automatically are placed in the villain's category to LeBron's hero status in the media and it's weird because we've got so much elite talent in the nba and you would think that the nba would want to promote all this elite talent 
as you see that within maybe three years, Braun can be gone and you still have all these guys that no one cares about because all you've been promoting is LeBron. And sure, certain fan bases of certain teams might care about certain guys, but what about getting the whole league on board with some of these guys? Um, I saw a great tweet today. It said something along the lines of the reason why let me see if I could find this real quick. It said the reason why Braun is the reason why Steph couldn't get finals MVP in 15 because the argument around that, well, the post didn't say this, but the reason why I believe that is because the argument at that time was who should get finals MVP? Is it Braun? Is it Steph? I mean, now is it Braun or is it the guy who did their best to stop Braun, which was Andre Iguodala? Um, it's why Giannis trade scenarios are, have been floating around. Um, they constantly compare Giannis's situation to LeBron's situation. Um, why the Clippers got boosted so much? Why the Nets and will have even more eyes on them than is called for next season? Um, the league doesn't move without him, and I guarantee if he said he didn't want to play in the bubble, there would have been no bubble. So I mean. It, it it's very weird to see how they promote. I understand he's the face of the league. At the same time, you don't need to villainize every other person in the league that's not him. It's very very odd. Um, and I feel like the NBA is gonna suffer as a result of it in the future. But I do feel like they're propping up Luca and Zion to for one of them at least, to take up the mantle of the new golden boy for the league. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Quick note on Jimmy Butler going back to the finals to cut back there. Um, is um did a great job setting up his teammates tonight. Almost had a triple-double, 25-8, 13 assists. I did not want to leave this episode off without mentioning that because I felt like that was key into how – um. Miami was able to thrive tonight because if he doesn't dish out the way he was dishing, then I don't think that they, they're in it the way they are. Um, Like I said earlier, a lot of Kelly Olenek, a lot of Kelly Olenek, 37 minutes of it. I didn't like some of the passes he was making. Led to a lot of, well, he had two turnovers, but. I didn't like I didn't like the passes he was making because I felt like they came at some points where they could have cut the lead even farther into single digits and it just it just wasn't it just wasn't there. Uh, I know Jimmy said that he did want to come out come out this game be more aggressive. And I think he knew he had to because of how shorthanded they were. So it was good to see him get up seventeen shot attempts, but it was also good to see him dish out to um to teammates, get his other guys involved because you know. When you're shorthanded, you want to get as much people involved as possible. You don't want to be a one-man show because it makes it easier to stop you and your team, and it leaves you guys even more shorthanded than you already are. So getting more guys involved allows for guys to be more in rhythm, guys to be more involved in the game, guys to be more engaged. They'll play better on both sides. Unfortunately, defensively, the the, the Heat just didn't have it without Bam. Bam is Bam like it's really showing Bam's value as a defensive anchor 
when um in this game, like it's really showing his value defensively. Because Miami, I mean, I do think AD still gets his points on Bam, but they're probably much harder, I think. Especially a fully healthy Bam, I think I think Anthony Davis's points, he still gets them, but they're much harder. But Bam also provides some things for them offensively with playmaking, screen setting, rolling to the basket, all that good stuff. But yeah, um, Tyler Hero, um, youngest player to start in the finals. Shout out to him. Solid, solid seventeen and seven. Um, three, um, three assists. Definitely had a better game than game one, where he, it looked like he was a rookie in game one, and me and Rico kind of spoke on that. But he did a good job of a, of adjusting. But um, we'll see. You could never count out um a team with the heart of Miami. Could never count out an an Eric Spolstra led team. Um, so we'll see how Game Three goes. We'll see who's available for Game Three, and I'll catch y'all after Game Three. Make sure y'all subscribe, leave a rating. It helps. We almost had 50 episodes, y'all. So. I guess a sort of big milestone for us over here. I don't know. Um, make sure y'all check out the links in the show notes. And we out of here.